Folks, The Handlebar is a craft beer bar and restaurant right here in Chico, California, and they have a happy hour seven darn days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. when you get a dollar off every single one of their 28 draft beers. Again, that's The Handlebar right here in Chico on the south end of town at 2070 East 20th Street, the best happy hour in town if you ask me and Johnny. Go check them out. They're open seven days a week. That happy hour, again, is 2 to 6 p.m. every day of the week. A dollar off all of their craft beers. Go have a good time. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey, and welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a radio show slash experience slash lifestyle uh, based mostly in Chico, California. Uh, my name is Max Minardi. Johnny Summers, what's shaking? This week on the show, our thoughts on Operation Fortune, Ruse de Gre. It's the latest from Guy Ritchie, starring Jason Statham and Aubrey Plaza as spies tasked with stopping a multi-billion dollar sale of a mysterious unknown threat from terrorist to terrorist. The film also stars Ritchie collaborators Bugsy Malone and Hugh Grant, as well as Josh Hartnett as a hapless movie star, who gets entangled in the whole thing. But before we get to that, Johnny, tell these people what we're drinking today. Yeah, we're going to be drinking two different things because we're recording remotely. Uh, so I will be drinking Lords of Turbidity from Slice Beer Company out of Lincoln, California, one of my personal favorites, well-documented, uh, in collaboration with Electric Brewing Company out of Murrieta, California. It's a hazy double IPA that, quite frankly, Max probably would like a lot more <laughs> than me. But it was a gift to the show, and uh, I never look a gift beer in the can, so I'm going to drink it. Right, and I, in the spirit of the Lords, I'm drinking uh, Lord Lupulin from Revision. It's also a hazy beer, so we're both staying true to the style this week. It's a beer I picked up at Craft here in Reno, um, and we'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. If you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, we hope you're having a terrific Thursday evening. As a quick heads up, you're only going to be hearing the first 30 minutes of our show, which includes our first beer review from Johnny there and the spoiler-free portion of our discussion of Operation Fortune. That said, if you are so inclined to listen to the show in its entirety, which includes spoilers for the latest Guy Ritchie movie, uh, my beer review, and the always entertaining hot and bothered segment, Johnny will tell you what to do. You're going to go uh, to the search bar and type in Fresh Hop Cinema Podcast on uh, Google because that'll get you all these places, uh, but particularly Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, those types of things. We release new episodes every Friday morning at 7 a.m., and we've been doing that since 2016. So if you like the show, go leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and tell me that you did. I want to know. Brag about it. You're better than everyone else that hasn't just done that. So to hang out with us on social media, you're going to search Fresh Hop Cinema on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, or Untapped, or just head over to the good old website, freshhopcinema.com. If you want to be even better than everybody else Johnny just mentioned, you can support our show on patreon.com slash freshhopcinema for a dollar or three dollars or five or ten or a thousand dollars per week. Uh, and in return, we give you some pretty sick-ass stuff like bonus episodes where we talk exclusively about Academy Award results and gripes that we have about that, our top beers of the years, um, some of our favorite movies of the year, that kind of stuff. We also have exclusive events like bar hangs and movie nights and, and all sorts of fun stuff like that. So if you're interested and want to be a part of getting this show uh, continually made, you can go to patreon.com slash freshhopcinema 
for more information. Johnny, with our housekeeping out of the way, let's dive into beer number one, which I sadly will not be indulging in with you. Remind me what it is called and who makes it and where you got it and all that jazz. Yeah, it's called Lords of Turbidity. It is a hazy double IPA. It's 8.2%. It's from Slice Brewing Company in collaboration with Murrieta, or I'm sorry, with Electric Brewing out of Murrieta, California. Uh, This beer features Galaxy Citra Cryo, Cryo Pop, whatever the hell that is, and Mosaic Hops. (laughs) (laughs) Create Pops and Hops, man. It creates a supercharged flavor and aroma of pineapple sauce, lime zest, orange sorbet, grapefruit, pith, and fresh cut grass. Well, okay. It always loses me a little bit when people describe it as uh, fresh cut grass, but I'm okay with it. Would you walk me through kind of what the can looks like since I don't have it in front of me? Um, in a word, awesome. Okay. It's this fantastic, like metallic, mm, somewhere between navy and baby blue. Okay. And it's got two hooded skull figures, like mirrored facing each other. They're very comic book style, getting very big Skeletor vibes, uh, with a big hop right in the middle of them. Uh, kind of looks like a, you know, the old Batman pow in a comic book. Really fantastic, almost diamond-shaped text with some very 1970s script that says Lords of Turbidity and then Hazy Double IPA on the bottom. It's a beautiful can. It's going to make a Instagram post that gets at least 1.2 million likes, so <laughs> keep an eye peeled for that. Uh, okay. Have you um, – well, I mean, let's, let's say for any maybe new listeners that you don't typically like this style of beer, so I'm curious why you picked this out. Uh, yeah, I was kicking it with the homies this last weekend and one way or another, Andy just has to provide beer for this show. This was a gift from Andy at S and S produce on a personal level. He went to slice. He knows I am very in love with their brewery and their beers. And he gave me a couple cans for my personal drinking. This was not a gift specifically for podcast purposes, but come on, he knows, he knows what's up. So he can't be too surprised that this winded up winded. This winded up on the radio, man. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, I'm, I'm bummed, man. This would have been a really fun one for me to try because I'm, I mean, I dig Slice probably not as religiously as you do. I've only, I only really have their beers when um, you kind of bring them back from the brewery because I think for the most part they don't have much distribution. Am I wrong about that? Zero. Okay. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm bummed that I can't drink this with you, but I'm excited. I'm going to pick your brain uh, and your mouth to see what this beer is like. Have you tried it yet? I have. I've taken one sip. Okay, walk me through your first impression. On the nose, man, it's very, very dull pineapple juice. It does not smell really like like beer per se. If I had to just blind guess, I would guess this would was pineapple juice, maybe a pineapple juice cocktail of some sort. Okay. It's really very pineapple forward on the nose, super citrusy. Uh, so that just adds a ton to the flavor. It's really very cloudy it's not super bright hazy it's a well i'll do the light no it's pretty bright okay it's a very light colored light straw i love the color though it looks like it's going to be refreshing and it is refreshing let it me is- let me stop you real quick on the aroma i want to before you get into to too much of the flavor um you said it was almost dull which is a real shame because i'm, I'm looking up a little bit of this this pop idea um, the, the cryopop specifically here. Um, and I'm on, I'm on, um, cryopopblend.com and I'm just going to read you kind of the first couple sentences here. Uh, it says, I didn't say it was dull. You said it smells, uh, maybe you didn't say dull. Did you say something else? Dull, D-O-L-E, pineapple oh, juice. 
Well, I'm still, I thought it was a perfect transition because uh, this is essentially the opposite of dull, but I'm still going to read it, even though that is not All what right. you said. Um, Hit me with that knowledge. They say this, born of beer soluble hop compound research. Yakima Chief Hops has pioneered the use of cutting-edge hop lab analysis techniques to create Cryopop Original Blend, a hop blend with the power to add a true, quote-unquote, pop of aromas and flavors in beer. YCH's R&D facility houses one of the only labs in the world with the capability to analyze previously undetectable aromatic components, allowing us to explore beer-soluble hop compounds that survive the harsh brewing process. There's a lot more to read here, and, and we won't do that on this episode, but in case anybody would like to read more about this new um, exciting technology, you can go to cryopopblend.com, and you can learn more that way. Okay, that's cool. I dig it. This is something I've never had in a beer before. Yeah, I've never seen it either. What's the uh, what's the beer actually taste like, dude? So it's it's got tons of juice notes. So the 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 pineapple juice, the the dull pineapple that sure. I was smelling, sure. is really shining through. It's it's super fruity, very juicy, very mouth watering. It has a ton of juice, but also immediately there's that pithiness, which I love because it's it's a nice counterbalance to the juice. Keeps it from really getting way out in left field with the sweetness. Brings really great balance into play. Uh, unbelievably, I'm not getting any fresh cut grass. I don't know if my nose is broken right. or what, but uh, sorry, no fresh cut grass from this beer critic. But tons of pineapple juice, lots of hoppy undertones mixed in with some juice and some pith. It's a really nice beer, man. It's it's not too much of any one thing. It's just it's striking a killer balance. It's very not just sippable. I want to I want to drink this in in large volumes. This okay. is this is a solid beer. I want that for you too. Am I correct in remembering that one of your favorite beers from 2022 was called Spiritual Moment and that was also from Slice? Yeah. I mean, you're a longtime fan of this brewery. I'm almost more interested to to kind of pick at what maybe the collaboration with Electric Brewing has added to this beer. And I, I know that's not always the case that there's, there's you know, like a version of this beer that isn't made with them. But I think I know the answer. But have you ever had beers from Electric Brewing? I have not. I haven't either. But it sounds like they might be somebody to check out. If Slice is putting them on their own radar um, and the beer that you're tasting with their influence is, you know, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but something you seem like you're quite enjoying I would like to get some of their beers as well to kind of compare what what their what their vibe sort of is on their own. Yeah, totally. If they're contributing to something this tasty, yeah, uh, I've got I've had a few different collaborations from Slice, and they tend to work with people that are really cutting edge yeah. and doing some cool stuff. And every collab I've had has been super solid. So I would definitely say keep uh, Electric Brewing on the radar. I don't think I've ever seen them in distro. Me neither. Uh, but I got some friends in, in Southern California. So maybe I'll, I'll put some feelers out and see if we can get some of their stuff sent up here. I think you're mistaking where Murrieta is. I have no idea. Double double check is. that for me real quick. Because what I was, was going to say is um, like Slice is a brewery that you enjoy particularly for their hoppy stuff. And, and I think that extends even to their their New England style stuff or their or quote unquote hazy stuff. And because mm -hmm. oftentimes those beers tend to be um, maybe not only in bitterness, but at least hop flavor, very hop forward. And I think in my experience with those collaborations of theirs that you mentioned, a lot of the breweries that they team up with are also ones who tend to do um, forgive me inventing this phrase, but but more of a West Coast style East Coast IPA, which is to say one that is very hop forward without, um, 
you know, without necessarily the West Coast bitterness, it has still a lot of those New England sweet notes, but the flavors that you're getting are very hop forward. So best case scenario, maybe Electric Brewing out of Murrieta is one of those breweries that is really kind of on the forefront of this, um, I'd say, you know, more recent kind of stylistic development in the New England style IPA. Yeah, I would love that because more more breweries that are are doing super high quality beers like that, the better. Yeah, uh, this is definitely falling into that category of like a modern IPA. You know, we've talked about at length that that modern West Coast IPA flavor and that modern, you know, to which you were just speaking about that modern hazy kind of flavor that has more balance, more bitterness, more hops, less just overt sickly sweetness that just keeps people wanting it. And it's just, it's so much more enjoyable. It's got so many more traditional beer notes in it Yeah, with, with its own like new flair and spin that, yeah, that's a style that, um, I have shied away from, but beers like this kind of keep me, keep me trying it. Love it. Um, can I clarify one thing too? I'm not sure if you already looked it up, but I was confusing, um, Murrieta with Rancho Murrieta, which is like, mm-hmm. A little bit outside of Sacramento, and that's a place that um, our, our friends Ben and Sam of the Sun Followers Music uh, play at all the time. So that's in my brain, and I know I'm like, there's no way they're driving to LA every two weeks to right. find this show. Okay, but that clears it up. So yeah, Murrieta Electric here is is definitely in in Southern California. So good, call your friends in LA or in Southern California, and let's see if we can get their beers. Yeah. I was hoping it was in Sacramento and I would just somehow never heard right. of it. Well, that would make sense, right? Like a slice collaboration out of Lincoln, like that would make some sense geographically. Yeah. That's either a, a 20 minute drive versus a, a five hour flight. Yeah, so right. yeah. Uh, what? Oh, well. No, not a five hour. What are you talking about? That's like, there's no like five hour. Oh no, I was thinking across the country. Yeah. It's like an hour and a half flight. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's really quickly. Um, I don't know if you have any nits to pick about this beer, pick them. Hmm. I mean, it smells great. Maybe you don't know what a knit pick is. It tastes. <laughs> it's delicious. I love it. I'm doing this wrong. Hmm. You know, I think the the knits are all personal preference. There's, great. There is there's an inherent sweetness with the style that will never be my favorite. So it's never gonna rank crazy high. But in in the way I rate beers in the, in the realm of this style in particular, this is a, a standout. This is top tier. I don't have a lot of nits to depict with the beer specifically that aren't personal preference. All right. Then Johnny Summers, Lords of Turbidity. Give me an out of 10, please. Out of 10, it feels like an 8.6 all day. 8.6. Once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. Think Johnny got this beer wrong, or maybe you think he got it right. You can get in touch. You can give us a high five or a slap on the wrist. You can message us on Instagram uh, by searching Fresh Hop Cinema, or you can send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. We do love some good quality feedback. And hey, if you do like the show, take 30 seconds. Leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That's right. It really does only take a couple seconds, and it's one of the most efficient ways for us to get our show in front of potential new listeners. Uh, So please do that. What's next? It's a trailer for Operation Fortune, Ruse de Ruse de Ruse de Just be French. You got it. I got to get more drunk before I can say that appropriately. (laughs) Uh, If you haven't seen it yet, fear not. There are no spoilers in our next segment, so don't go anywhere. As a private contractor, you possess a unique set of skills. You said it was clear. I said the front was clear. Ah, 
Front, back, right, wrong. Anyway, shall we? I have another job for you. So what we got? Greg Simmons. It's a billionaire arms dealer. Ooh, a lot of very serious faces up here, aren't there? You can't catch this fish with conventional lures. I'm sorry? The lure being? Danny Francesco. The movie star. Greg Simmons' favorite movie star. And how do we get him? Blackmail. Who's to care? Very good. Carry on. The world needs you for your greatest role yet. Who are you? I'm your new manager. There's a sensitive and awkward situation between you and your sister-in-law. I actually love my sister-in-law. Yes, Danny. You made that quite evident. When marimba rhythms start to play. No need to be nervous. No reason to be nervous. They're all the killers. You're an actor. Act. Would someone pinch me, please? Is that Danny Francesco? What's next for you? I'm playing a mysterious self-made billionaire. He just described me. Shadow me. Do whatever I do. Whatever I do, do. Whoever Greg was buying from was amongst you last night. I can get inside of them. I hope you take them to dinner first before you get inside of them. Sexually. When we swear You recognize your awesome fortune. That is a sexy name. Cover's blown. What do I do? The movie star's gonna melt. You stop Danny Francesco. You stop Brick Simmons! You let me worry about that. What are you gonna do with that? I'm gonna shoot at them, Danny. So you weren't seen by anyone? Yes. That's a yes. You weren't seen by anyone? Yes. Or a yes, you were seen by someone? Yes. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer and film. If you're listening on the radio waves of KZFR 90.1 FM, you're only going to be hearing the first half of our show on the radio today. But if you'd like to hear the whole thing, you can subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever quality podcasts are found. It will be available to stream tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. So at the end of this, if you just can't get enough of old Johnny and Max, go listen. Elite spy Orson Fortune, played by Jason Statham, must track down and stop the sale of a deadly new weapons technology dubbed the Handle after a group of Ukrainian mobsters steal it from some sort of undefined uh, lab. The deal is set to be brokered by a billionaire arms broker named Greg Simmons, played by Hugh Grant. After teaming up with some of the world's best operatives and stealing a move from Nick Cage's latest movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, Fortune and his crew recruit Hollywood's biggest movie star, Danny Francesco, played by Josh Hartnett, to help them on their globe-trotting mission to dupe the star-struck arms dealer and save the world from an impending uh, nuclear, financial, or, or otherwise somehow terrifying, undefinable doomsday scenario. This film was directed <laughs> by Kai Ritchie. It was written by Ritchie um, and Ivan Atkinson and Martin Davis, both who wrote with Ritchie on Wrath of Man, a movie that we despised, um, and will be on board for Ritchie's upcoming film later this year called Covenant. Like I said, this film stars Jason Statham as, as kind of the main spy, Orson Fortune, basically just Jason Statham essentially is the character. You also have Aubrey Plaza playing Sarah Fidel. She's sort of like a tech genius and essentially eye candy for Guy Ritchie. Um, Bugsy Malone, who showed up in The Gentleman, plays JJ. He's like their, their comms guy, and he's also a pretty talented sniper. And then in, in my most surprising, enjoyable uh, actor in this movie, you have Carrie Elwes, who plays Nathan Jasmine. He's like 
He's like the liaison between the government and also the guy that gives them their mission in a manila folder. Um, on the other side of things, you got Hugh Grant. He plays Greg Simmons, the arm dealer. And you have Peter Ferdinando, who plays Mike. He's also like, he's like a mercenary slash spy, but he's, you know, like it's unclear. Like he's, he's very like viable. So like maybe another government's paying him or maybe, you know, you never know, but he's like very well equipped and they're all competing for the same, uh, you know, goal to get the handle. This came to theaters uh, in, on March 3rd, hit wide release, and it runs an hour and 54 minutes long. Johnny, we have, a, we have a track record of being sort of hot and cold on Guy Ritchie. You slightly warmer than me. I think, you know, Snatch was pretty good, um, doesn't always hold up. I think The Gentleman at this point was a bit of a uh, movie-making anomaly for Guy Ritchie, much better than most anything I've seen since then, including this movie. But I'll get to my thoughts in a minute. What did you think of Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre? Well, I mean, it's hard to live up to his crowning achievement, which was Aladdin with Will Smith. So yeah, once or, you set uh, the bar, or once you set the bar King that Arthur. high, yeah, yeah. No, um, Operation Fortune, man. I went in pretty unknowing of really anything about this movie. I wasn't even super aware that Guy Ritchie had a new movie out until maybe the day before yeah. I saw this. Yeah. Uh, I remember I was texting you looking at movies and like what we should cover. And I was like, Hey, holy crap. Yeah. Did you know that guy Richie has a new movie out? Like when did this Dude, happen? Can I just say, you said to me, your words were, there's a new guy or a new guy, Richie movie dropped this weekend. Zero hype w wild or something like that. And I read that as a new guy, Richie movie dropped this weekend. I have zero hype to see it. <laughs> oh yeah. No, that was like, there's been zero hype. Right. Like, that makes sense now, but no, yeah, you're right. I didn't hear about it either. No, like no one talked about it. It's like, you know, so one of those artists that just drops a surprise album and doesn't tell anyone. Yeah, kind but, of. But sometimes people are excited for those albums. Right, That's and like so, sometimes they're good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, wasn't Folklore a surprise album? The, you know, T-Swizzle? Yeah. It might have been. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, it popped out uh, really quick. Yeah. So very surprising uh, that this movie just exists in the first place because knew nothing about it. So going in completely blind, you know, you're just hoping for Guy Ritchie to kind of live up to what he's done in the past. You know, his his track record, admittedly very hit or miss, but in in my opinion, he's done some fantastic movies. Snatches is, is up there as far as like heist gangster movies sure, for me as sure. maybe one of the greatest of all time. Um, so he's also put out some real stinkers. So yeah, going into this, I'm hoping... It's it's billed as an action comedy. So number one, I want to be entertained. I want to giggle. I want some good on-screen chemistry. And, you know, I found this movie to be semi-brainless entertainment yeah. that was medium to average well-written. Uh, I mean, I think Aubrey Plaza was a bit underutilized in her comedic timing and her dry wit. I think they wrote her into a character that was maybe not tailor-made for her um, personality and her style, let's say. Uh, I think maybe not the right role for her. So the casting there for me was a weird choice, but she was also a big selling point for me to want to watch this. Um, I was really underwhelmed by this movie. It was, you know, it was pretty in a hallway. It was very linear. There were a few twists and turns, none of which were super shocking, super... Super great movie to have some popcorn, 
watch on your couch, maybe like do a puzzle or play a card game while it's on. It's not something that commands a great deal of tension, attention, nor did I find it very memorable. I mentioned off air that I saw this movie about a week ago. Um, we thought we were going to cover it last week and it didn't work out. And I have to Google what this movie's called every time I talk about it because I can't even remember the name of it. So, yeah. I mean, I think it was very middle of the road for Guy Ritchie, not his best work by far, but also not his worst work by far. I think it's something that was a completely adequate, brainless spy thriller with Jason Statham. I think you can put on any of Jason Statham's movies and you could mistake them for this. Mm -hmm. They're pretty interchangeable. So nothing special, nothing standing out that's remarkable, no great performances. For me, it was it was like a 4.2 all day. Yeah. Guy Ritchie is almost, you were talking about hitting and missing with him, and he's almost like like the British M. Night Shyamalan in that way. Like there's some bangers, but then there's some where you're just like, what are you doing? Like, and and, and to to a, a different point, like this is kind of the least Guy Ritchie Guy Ritchie movie I've seen besides maybe Aladdin. Like, yeah. there's there's none of his iconic sort of sporadic and erratic editing and and weird jumps and um that all kind of makes for an exciting Guy Ritchie movie. Like I liked a lot of that in The Gentleman. A lot of that didn't work in Wrath of Man, but at least it was there. To your point about Jason Statham movies, like. There's there's no way I would have guessed, aside from maybe the cast, that this was a Guy Ritchie movie. And I think yeah. I think that's okay. Um, because it does just feel like like a mindless kind of action movie that you can put on. I'm with you. There's like Jason Statham in spy movies, he's done a few different kinds. One actually called Spy with Melissa McCarthy, where he is gut-wrenchingly funny. He's got yeah. some like he just leans into the absurdity of the character he plays and basically every other movie he's ever been in. And the self-awareness in the movie Spy from Jason Statham is fantastic. I agree with you on Aubrey Plaza. Very few jokes is she given. She's essentially like the hot woman spy assistant thing in this movie. And she gets to do some dramatic stuff, but which, which I thought was nice, but you can't really, she's so funny when yeah. she's given the opportunity to crack jokes. And there's a few in here that, really just don't land. Um, I mean, I'm with you. The, the pacing's fine in the film, but it's pretty predictable. It's a total background movie. It's easily one of the most forgettable movies I'm going to see this year, and it's only March, but I'm confident that I can say that. Um, it's 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 completely fine. There's nothing offensive too much, um, certainly not on the level that Wrath of Man was just like like decades out of out of the time we're living in now. It was just so not hitting. This is fine. Like, I don't know. Josh Hartnett has a good time. I think he's fun. Hugh Grant's always kind of fun. Um, but yeah, for me, it's like a three. I'm not interested in rewatching it. Uh, nothing super memorable. I'm also going to move on from it in my um, film memory pretty shortly. Yeah, totally just fit into a film genre and had basically non-existent Guy Ritchie fingerprints. Yeah, there was like one scene. And I don't even remember. Oh, they were um, they were they were hooking up like a knockout gas into a mansion. And there's mm -hmm. a three panel split edit of like the, like one panel, like the screen goes black and on the left is like plugging in the hose. And then the middle gets filled in and it's like twisting the nozzle. And then the third one, and it's like gas floating into the house. That is literally the only kind of, um, attempt at a non-conventional semi-interesting edit move that happens. I think in the whole movie. 
Yeah. If you want to watch a Guy Ritchie movie, go watch Snatch, Lockstock, or The Gentleman. Yeah, Gentleman's Those great. were all three. Great. Gentleman was great. I'm like, do up to watch that again. I really like, yeah, I really like that movie. I think there's some stuff that didn't work, but the stuff that did work just slapped. Colin Farrell in that movie. I also thought um, yeah. Bugsy Malone in that movie as like the rapping, fighting kind of street thug was awesome. Like those characters are so fun. Did you? I think. Go ahead. I think we. I'm sorry. I think we say it every time Bugsy Malone comes up. But why isn't that his name in the movie? I don't know. His name's like JJ like, in the movie or something. Yeah. Like, come on, JJ. How boring is that? Yeah. You have an actor named Bugsy, Bugsy Malone. Yeah. Like, it's too outlandish. It sounds too gangster. It's made up. That's not a real person. It also does kind of sound like a 1920s gangster. You know? Yeah. See. Yeah. I'm Bugsy Malone and gang, which doesn't Stick quite work him up, for him see? either, but. Um, he's like this built black dude from Britain, but still, I like Bugsy Malone. It's a sweet name. Yeah. Um, did you notice the, I think it was, it must've been a nod. I don't really remember, but in the gentleman, Charlie Hunnam's character at his home has an outdoor barbecue grill that, um, that, uh, the character's name is, is Fletcher in that movie, but, um, Hugh Grant's character gets a steak made on, and then he's cooking steaks in this movie on a similar kind of outdoor grill. Did you see that? Oh Yeah. And didn't put that together. That's a weird Hugh Grant handling meat. Um, yeah. Like, what do they call that? Like a like a, a Easter egg. Sure. Yeah. Like, you, you mean like maybe like Brad Pitt eating in a movie? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's just predictable at this point. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's like his thing, though. I feel like he always does it. Yeah. So maybe that's it's Hugh weird. Grant's new thing. Did you see Hugh Grant, by the way, at the Oscars? Yeah. Man, he was just not, not having it with whoever was interviewing him on that. Yeah, no. And uh, on the actual broadcast, uh, he actually dropped the word scrotum. That was that was wild. It's a move. I mean, was it in context of a movie? No, just, no. Okay. He just uh, he was presenting with uh, an actress, mm -hmm. and I can't remember. I think it was Andy. Mc it was Andy McDowell. All right. Uh, and he out of nowhere made a joke about how you should use moisturizer because she does and she looks amazing, and he never has, and he looks like a scrotum. <laughs> he said that of Andy McDowell. Yeah. Sweet. That he looks, she looks great. He looks like a scrotum. Uh, you and I have a lot to catch up on about the Academy Awards, by the way, but um, unfortunately we don't have time for that today. So I will say, Johnny, do you have any more thoughts on Operation Fortune Ruse de Gueule? Ah, criminal underuse of my girl Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. I love her, and I I signed up for this movie solely on the fact that she was co-starring, and it it left me wanting so much more. So hope to see more from her in the future. And it's not her fault. It was just yep. um just just wish she would have been able to shine a bit more. So that's my last take. Fair enough. Uh I'm with you. I would say miss this. I'd say go see Creed 3. I watched that like last week. I think it's better than this. I don't know if it's great. Um but it's better than this. So if you're looking for something to see, we haven't seen Cocaine Bear yet, but I bet you that's probably more fun than this too, right? Cocaine Bear just dropped on Voodoo today. Oh, you're not leaving your house for that now no matter what I say. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. This film is currently in theaters, probably. If you've seen it and you have thoughts of your own, you can reach us on Instagram at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema. Or like I said earlier, send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. And as a reminder, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes spoilers for Operation Fortune, my beer review, and hot and bothered, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. That's right. To our radio listeners, thanks for tuning in. The rest of this episode will be out tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. on all major podcast platforms. Go download it. We'll catch you next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on KZFR 90.1 FM, People Powered 
Radio. Until then, watch some fills, some fills, watch some films, and drink something that makes your senses sizzle with delight. And to those of you currently listening in podcast format, we'll be right back with the Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Welcome to the Danger Zone, the part of the show where each and every week we spoil our movie of the week. That is Operation Fortune, Rouge de Guerre. That's the last time I'm going to say that today, um, though I have enjoyed my time with that French accent. Um, what does that mean? It means uh, it means ruse of war, essentially. It's generally broken down into two meanings, and, and one is like where you've sort of tactically and, and in a very warlike sense outmaneuvered your opponent, and the other is more of like a like a like a playful sort of outwitting an outwitting of your of your opponent essentially it's kind of used interchangeably depending on the severity of the uh, of the scenario I, I love it i asked because i knew you did research oh, on i'm going to say it in french that many times and not know what it meant <laughs> yeah okay um let's let's i mean there's nothing to spoil the movie goes like you would expect the other the other mercenary is working for himself he wants to bomb or the fucking ai is what it is it's ai that's going to crash the financial markets essentially <laughs> Yeah, we didn't even talk about the plot at all it does, the, in the our plot, main review. It's just, it's just bad guy steals thing. Heroes need to get thing back. Hopefully it goes okay. Oops, it didn't. We got, How do we fix it? Whatever. This has been, it's been so done since like the 80s. Oh, somebody stole the nuclear launch codes. Somebody it's, stole, that's, the, that's all it is. It's it's the rock. Somebody stole the, yes. the chemical weapon. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's so standard it's fine. plot yeah. device. Yeah. Um, so whatever. There's nothing really exciting to talk about there, I don't think. Um, I do think we could spend the most time, or at least make the, the most of our time that we have talking about this, um, about how much of this is exactly the unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> totally. Because, I mean, if you, I, great movie, yep. by the way. Not great you know, in the cinematic film nerd sense, but man, what a fun watch. Very <laughs> um, enjoyable. The, the gist, if you don't know, is that Nick Cage is cast to play himself which is in the film, like not in a ruse, but also in the ruse de Gure. Um, He's playing himself and wants to be um, hired by Pedro Pascal's eccentric billionaire who has t- like ties to the drug cartel because he's obsessed with celebrities. So he goes to his birthday party and, and then stuff goes crazy. That's exactly their whole plan here. They're like, we're going to hire, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, shoot, job, uh, uh, Josh, Josh Hartnett. Hartnett. But what's the actor's name? Like the his character name? Do you remember? It was so forgettable. No, it was a good. Yeah, it was like a forgettably but really good actor name. Um, I'll look it up. I'll think of it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, he, they're like, all right, this guy, this guy, um, Hugh Grant, really loves actors. He's obsessed with them. So we're gonna get you to come and and take on the role of a lifetime. Play yourself, and then we're gonna play go to Danny his, Francesco. Danny Francesco. And we're gonna go to his villa in um, wherever it is. And then everything from like looking at his weird memorabilia of all of his film stuff to like having to escape under gunfire to then becoming friends with the billionaire who turns out in this case actually probably is a pretty sketchy dude, but still Mm -hmm. like beat for beat. It is the Nick Cage movie, which is so much better than this movie. Yeah. Agreed. I didn't really put that together until after I watched it. I'm like, man, that I'm like having like deja vu. That was good, yeah. but it felt so done. All totally. these action movies are exactly the same. Then right. wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So like that was fun, but I it just made me want to watch that Nick Cage movie again. Hundred percent. Add the add the unbearable weight of massive talent to movies that you should watch instead of this one. Yeah, we should do that every we should do that every week that it applies. Like every week we do a bad movie, like like when we did um, the M Night Shyamalan movie, like Knock at Knock at the Cabin or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even have to be thematically related. Like 
If you like, if you're interested in that, watch The Green Room. Yeah, or watch Cabin in the Woods because they both have the word cabin in the title and they're both kind of about the end of the world. So yeah, that'd be a fun list to do. That'd be fun. Like every, or just yeah, every week if it's a, if it's a shit movie, we're gonna tell you what to watch instead. Yeah, or like what we did with our beer stuff. Like here's beers you should drink instead of these beers. Yeah, it's not like Guy Ritchie's listening. No, and if he was, he's definitely not now. Yeah, or he might be. Maybe he's uh, he likes the punishment. Yeah, maybe. Um, okay, I, that's kind of all I had on this movie. I just wanted to point out those parallels. Give one more shout out to to that film, um, the Nick Cage movie, and then I'm I'm pretty good to move on from there. Me too, man. Okay, do you have something to sip on? Because I'm going to grab my beer uh, out of my fridge here, but I want to make sure you are um, adequately lubricated for our upcoming discussion. Are you good? I have got almost... Yeah, I got like two beers in front of me. I'm golden. Okay, then give me two seconds to grab my glass. We are back with beer number two. This is Young Maxwell's solo project, Lord Lupulin from Revision. Max, tell me about this beer. What style is it? What's the ABV? When was it canned? All that sort of stuff. Okay, yeah. So it's it's a New England style hazy IPA. It's six and a half percent, thirty-two IBUs, so on the lower side. And they say this on the side of the can. Introducing the high priest of hops, the hero of Humulus Lupulus. The Sultan of, St- come on, I should have been ready for this. The Sultan of Strig, the Brahma of Bracteol. Here comes Lord Lupulin, featuring our hoppy friends, Galaxy, Vic Secret, El Dorado, and Citra. Um, if you don't, if you didn't check the timestamp on our episode, we are recording in mid-March, and this was canned uh, the beginning of December, end of November. So it's got about four months on it, which I didn't know when I purchased past it. Past its prime, past its prime. A little past its prime, but aren't we all? So it's, you know, it's what you'd expect. If you've ever had a revision hazy IPA, they pretty much all look the same. To some extent, they taste the same, I think. I'm a fan. Um, I think you're not as much, right, these days? No, I'm not. And for our listeners that have maybe never had a revision beer, explain what their uh, predictable kind of flavor profile is like. What If I've never had a revision beer and I sit down and I order, throw a dart at the phone book of revision beers and get a hazy beer in front of me, what should I expect? You're expecting a heavy mouthfeel most of the time. Something very, not not quite, not quite syrupy, not, not that viscous, but something very heavy, typically extremely sweet. There's hot presence, but it's muted and overwhelmed by notes of like honey, um, just, I mean, blatant sweetness. Oftentimes, that's a citrus sweetness. Think really, really overripe oranges or grapefruit, even if it's a little bit punchier. Um, not terribly carbonated either. A very heavy drinking experience most of the time. And when they're fresh, those things are done pretty well, if if not maybe like the best on the West Coast, I think pretty okay. And when they are older, like the one I'm drinking now, um, they are uh, <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I'm really bummed, man. I, I, I grabbed it, you know, because you, you said you were drinking the beer you were drinking. And I thought, oh, Lord, Lord, that's a nice tie-in. Um, so I just saw this one. I unfortunately bought a four-pack. Um, I, oh, no. I might see if they'll give me a refund. I might go back there because... You're pretty tight with those yeah, guys. Yeah, we're cool. I feel, like, I feel like the owner would be like, all right, that makes sense. Like, hey, this is four months old and it tasted like booty. Let me tell you what it actually tastes like. Um, it tastes like... I'm going to take another drink, but it was... I mean, pretty iconically, the the telltale signs of an old IPA. Very cardboardy. There's there's like a weird kind of rotten banana flavor going on, which I wasn't expecting. Um, but Have you yeah. seen that TikTok trend of people slurping the brown banana? 
Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that when I was thinking about like global warming and climate change and how humans have had a pretty good run. I think we're like, mm-hmm. I think we're kind of closing out, you know? I think curtains are coming. Yeah, and, you've and heard the of banana stage. You've heard of late stage capitalism. I think we're in like late stage humanity. <laughs> yeah, maybe, man. The banana, it's so gross. Like, how many of those have you seen? Too many. They're At bad. least six. I don't, like, it's a joke or like, I don't know. It can't it's, be good. No, no, it can't be good. Um, so, yeah, I've seen that. It's terrible. Um, and that's probably not exactly what this tastes like, but I've never done that, so I can't say for sure. Well, let's, would you think it's comparable? No, I mean, that would still be worse, probably. I mean, it's like the, even just the texture of that would be pretty, uh, you imagine probably kind of yogurty, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yogurty in a very, um, mucus sort of Okay, way. so maybe more like tapioca. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, this is, this is pretty bad though. Um, it was a bummer. I was really excited to, to sip on this beer and now I'm not going to have anymore. I've seen this beer around. And you are currently in Reno, Nevada, yeah, very it, close to where this beer is manufactured. Right, so I would have assumed Sparks for everybody. That yeah, know. so that's what thirty minutes away? No, not even. It's like you know, I'm kind of in the middle of town, but I can, if I look out my hotel window, I'm up pretty high this time I'm on the 14th floor. I can pretty much see Sparks. It's like a 10 minute drive, not even. Okay, so they've they've had time in the last four months to freshen up this beer. Yeah, um, yeah, which is a shame because yeah, you're you're in the the general proximity of the manufacturer. You would like to see a much fresher date. Uh, also, I've seen this beer in distribution in Chico. Yeah, it is too. a very sexy can. It's very appealing. Like I described the can to you in detail because I have taken note of it because it's it's very much like my style. And then I saw what style of beer it was, and then right. my my style and their style conflicted, and we couldn't hang out. <laughs> Yeah, it's a. You know what I might do? I won't, unless you're really into this idea. What I could do is take a can of this and then drive over to Revision with a microphone or two and be like, "Hey, is one of your brewers around? I'd like to sit down and have a discussion about the differences uh, and the merits of drinking an IPA fresh." Here, I have a well, four-month-old can of this, and I have a potty. Whatever, you know, do the whole thing, mm-hmm. and maybe like a properly review this beer fresh, and then B have a pretty slick interview with a brewer and compare a beer that they made one-to-one and see what four months does to a beer like this. I would love that, especially since it means I have to do absolutely zero <laughs> extra work. I'm a hundred percent for it. Dude. Would you Rip listen it. to it? Sure. That'd be oh, fascinating. Yeah. Cause we all know that beer changes and it gets worse, but it'd be quite fascinating to sit down with somebody that actually makes the beer totally and hear them do a direct side-by-side comparison of, of some of their beer that has essentially spoiled versus the ideal representation of what that product should be i yes. would yeah i'd be into that i'll uh i don't have a ton going on tomorrow here so um i will uh maybe i'll send them an email maybe you can send them an email because i have to go play on stage in a little while maybe you can send the email and if they follow up i'll do the rest of the work well, see, now I'm not into it as much. Come on. <laughs> Just be like, yo, I'm. this is me. I'm Johnny. And you're lucky I you're think getting you should, Max because I'm a grunt. Bro, I think you should just go like all gas, no breaks, and just go over there with like a microphone, maybe a film crew, just with a beer in your hand. Be like, hey, guys, we're doing this. What's the guy's name? That Michael Moore. Do it Michael Moore style. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Billy on the street would be even worse. Exactly. For a dollar, which beer is better? Neither of them. Fuck you. I'm out of here. <laughs> I love Billy Eichner. Yeah. All right. Look, I've got nothing else in this beer except to rate it. Um, it sucks. Um, I didn't spit it out when I drank it. It's a two. It's really unfortunate because I think, you know, it's, I like their beers for the most part, and this is just old and it's not a good representation, probably. So it's a two. Well, for let's, me. Ke- 
gets it, let's give that a two with an asterisk because this beer is readily available in fresher cans. So let's two asterisk to be determined slash revisited. All right, that sounds good. To revisioned. Me. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, let's move into hot and bothered. You ready? Do it. Hot and bothered. I got one thing this week, which is that I'm putting out a song online. It's called Hunting. It's my song. Um, and if you're hearing this on Friday, it's probably not out yet, but by like Sunday, Monday, check your Spotify's for Max Minardi and there'll be a song of mine out. It's the first time I've released new music in like five years. So listen to it and that would make me happy. I hope you like it. Well, that's very exciting. I'm a big fan of your original music. Is there somewhere that I can go and purchase this where you get a large portion of the money? Unlike maybe like an iTunes or something like that. Probably. I haven't set it up yet, but I would imagine it'll be on Bandcamp. So yeah. I was going to say, do you have a Bandcamp? Because I would for sure just purchase this directly from you. The other thing is that this is good. This is a single off of a larger album. So what I might mm-hmm. do is hold off on that and just wait to have people purchase the album. Mm. Okay. So we'll see. It'll be on iTunes and all that stuff, but I'm not sure that I want to... Because uh, then I'm going to be selling the album, and if people have already bought the singles, it feels like double charging somehow. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, but I do that all the time, especially really? with artists I support, 100%. All right. Well, and like on iTunes, if you, it depends. If you put like the album up for pre-release, but then there's one song available before the whole yeah. album drops, you get the album at a discount price. Oh, that's true. Once it drops, because yeah. you've already bought one. So, But I have bought songs from artists that do a single, and then you buy the album again, and then I just delete the single because it, right. it screws up my shuffle. Um, either way, okay. Hunting, Max Minardi, search it. Yeah. Maybe Friday, Saturday. Check no, his social no, media. Sunday, Monday. But doesn't matter. Yeah, anytime, probably if you're hearing this, because most of our listens probably don't come exactly the day of the release. So go look it up. And if, if you don't see it, you can listen to my other stuff. Who cares? Cool. Well, I will keep my eyes peeled for it. I'm super stoked for some new music from you. Okay, what you got, man? Uh, I really only have one thing. I would love to get into a full recap of The Last of Us, um, but also I would love for that to be something we do together because I know you've recently started watching it. Yeah. So let's put a pin in that. I just, I'm caught up, just watch the season finale. But once you're caught up, we'll do a recap. Cool. Uh, So pin that for future reference. Uh, Only interesting, fun thing that I've done uh, out of the ordinary is actually bartended a reggae show that KZFR put on. I volunteered because uh, we're on their mailers, and I always try and I always want to. And it just fell into place. Mm-hmm. There was a bartending shift at a Roots Reggae show at the Chico Women's Center. Uh, so I ended up going out there bartending, hung out with Leah, uh, who's like there. Shout out. I don't, what, what, what does she do? That? She does like everything. I don't want to say like, what does she do? And I don't know if she does anything. It's, it's tough more to like, pigeonhole. Yeah, Leah kind of, yeah. Re- Leah kind of runs a lot of, um, a lot of stuff. She makes a lot yeah. of things happen. Totally. She's like in events and she does some programming. So, mm-hmm. um, but anyways, got to bartend and the, the sweet, sweet woman that I bartended with was uh, actually on the board at KZFR. Mm-hmm. I'd never met her in my life. Uh, and she was just so excited to hang out with me and like out of nowhere, she's like, I love your show. I'm like, well, that's fine. Listen, she's like every single week, me and my son love beers and we love listening and talking about it and trying them if we can. And it's just, I look forward to it every week. Love so it. yeah, totally like gratifying feedback that was completely unexpected, yeah. but also 
amazing show. Such fun to bartend for this show. It was two bands. Um, Doll Wayne opened up, and Earth Cry was the the, the headlining act. Okay. But two touring reggae bands from Kingston, Jamaica, that are touring the Sweet. states. So That's super awesome. rad, like the most legit reggae I've ever been a part of. Nice, so dude. that was my highlight. It was the best time. I ended up staying much after my bartending shift because it was just too good of a vibe to leave. Well, that's wonderful. I'm glad you had a good time. And I'm sure uh, everybody, including the folks at KZFR, appreciated your help. Yeah, it was fun. I want to try and get out there more. I think you should. As usual, the show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. Big shout out to everybody that supports us on Patreon. We sure do appreciate it. Uh, Keep your eyes open in your feed this week for our top and bottom beers of 2022. I'm finally getting around to posting that. Sorry uh, for the delay, Johnny. Um, but that'll be in your feeds, everybody, slash on our website under the Patreon exclusive bonus content tab. Um, if you haven't yet, one more sick-ass shout-out to The Handlebar and their sweet happy hour seven days a week. And my name is Max Minardi. My name's Johnny Summers. Drink some tasty beers. Be sure to not watch this week's movie. Let's watch the other ones that we talked about. Uh, enjoy yourselves. But most importantly, be good to each other. We'll see you guys next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.